You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. I told you last week that we would (laughs) hopefully get to share a few adoption stories this month. And very thankful that we get to do that. I lived on Parker Parker Avenue. Yes, I lived on Parker Avenue. Yes, a movie about that story is out now. um, Celebrating adoption. So... That's why we're celebrating adoptions this month. and because adoptions are awesome. So we have a great family with us today. We have the Boudier family with us today. Karen and Tracy are joining us today. Karen, Tracy, welcome to the coffee hour. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. So tell us a little bit about the Booyer family before this child came into your life through the gift of adoption. Sure. So the Booyer family, Tracy and I were high school sweethearts and took a break, a 10 year or so break, and then got back together back in 2003. And we reconnected and covered our spark was still there. And so we ended up getting married in 2008. And shortly after that, started trying to have a family of our own. So from there, we spent a couple years with the fun of infertility, which I know lots and lots of people experience. And so battled infertility for a few years and then kind of had our lives shaken when I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 38. And so... That sort of halted family planning. And then from there, we really focused for the next couple of years on fighting cancer. And so I went through all the rigmarole of treating that, which included chemotherapy, which unfortunately pretty much ended our ability to be able to conceive a child biologically just due to my age and the chemo and that. And so back in 2017, we sort of mourned that loss and began looking at adoption as another way to fulfill our dream of parenthood. What did you know about adoption? What did you have to learn about the adoption process as you were going through this journey and all of these different highs and lows and emotions that that surround all of the things that, that you had to go through together? What was that process for you of learning about adoption? It was a bit overwhelming. I'm the type of person that the more information and data, the better. And so I just sort of dug in and did my research and tried to connect to friends and acquaintances that I knew of that had adopted to learn their stories and get their recommendations and advice. And so I think Tracy, on the other hand, was much more just, okay, let's adopt, let's do it. Much more just kind of, you know, let's see where the process goes. And I was more, you know, let's learn more and let's think about this and overthink it. (laughs) So... We were a good, we were a good balance to it all. But, you know, when you look at just the pure numbers of children who are placed for adoption, especially newborn children placed for adoption, you know, the numbers aren't really high and it, you know, they vary by state and we're in Iowa and numbers are very low in our state. And so it really was, you know, coming to terms with 
realizing on paper, the odds weren't all that great. However, you know, listening to others who had adopted and just following our heart of, you know, keeping faith and hope alive that this could happen for us. And so that really is what the battle (laughs) that we went through for a couple of years until we were blessed with our little guy was, you know, just looking at, is this going to happen? Is it not going to happen? You know, and just kind of riding the wave, (laughs) so to speak. And it was Tracy, what were your thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was kind of a, it's kind of a, we had a failed adoption at one point in our process, which (laughs) kind of really defeated us a little bit, I would say, you know, I mean, we, we were so excited for that little one. And then the mother changed her mind last minute on us, which we totally understood. You know, it's the hardest thing they have to do in their life is to, is to give their little one up, you know? So that was the whole process has been very kind of a roller coaster effect for us. So how did you first learn about Lutheran family service? Lutheran family service is actually like two blocks away, maybe three blocks away from our house. We first started off with another agency and, uh, we were like, ah, let's put our eggs in multiple baskets. So we were like, let's try Lutheran Family ah. Services. <laughs> we also tried a consultant out of Phoenix as well to just kind of help us through the process to <laughs> let us know where we should be showing our stuff, you know, and kind of just walking us through each step. You know, she was there for, you know, all those questions that we had. So what was the process once you were connected with Lutheran Family Service? What were those steps that you had to go through to get to the little guy you have today? Sure. So the main big initial step for families is having a home study completed. And so it really is opening up your your lives, your checkbook, your everything to have the agency and their experts come in and really do an evaluation of who we are. Are we ready to adopt? Is our house ready for a child? Are finances ready for a child? Really just looking at all aspects, all aspects of our life. (laughs) Yes, Dominic's very excited about this as well. And so through that process, it typically takes about six months. And then there's three different, in Iowa, it's three visits that are required in person as part of that. And so we had went through that back in 2018 when we initially decided to adopt. And then every year has had to redo that process. So once once that's done, it's a lot of kind of sitting and waiting. So Lutheran Family Service and Kim, their director, were great about sending email updates to prospective families, waiting families, you know, every month or two kind of saying, you know, we're working with this many expectant moms. We've had this many placements and just kind of, you know, those emails helped a lot. They helped to give us hope. Uh, okay, there's women out there still considering, you know, placing their children for adoption. There's success stories happening. And so those are really good for our heart and soul to keep us going when we were, you know, two years in, two and a half years in and beginning to feel a bit defeated. 
Mm. Having gone through the emotions of a, an adoption that didn't happen and now a, a, again waiting, what was important for you and what were you thinking about as you were still waiting? What were some of the things that were in, that you were considering or that were important for you to consider during this? Yeah, great question. I think, I mean, whether it's good or bad, for me, it was just being very cautious of when opportunities did present. Like Tracy had mentioned, having that disrupted adoption, it really did shake our world. And I wasn't aware at that time the number of adoptions that end up disrupting, you know, for a variety of reasons. And so as I learned more about, you know, that that can happen and, you know, the importance of that baby staying with their birth parent, if the birth parent is, you know, healthy and stable and able to provide a secure placement for that child. And with the situation we had, we were confident in those things about the that first birth mom. And so, you know, it was more, we were more concerned with, I mean, we were obviously devastated and disappointed, but more concerned with what's what is the future for this little baby staying with birth mom? And so that weighed heavy. It still weighs heavy on my heart. I wonder every now and then from time to time, you know, how is he doing and then what's going on? And so having that experience, I think at the same time, though, I mean, you know, it's I've struggled with the expression things happen for a reason because we've had several different things in our lives and in our marriage that haven't been good things. And it's been hard to find the reason behind. But I think that disruption did truly happen for a reason. And, you know, as a lot of adoptive parents will say, once we had the the miracle of our son coming into our lives, I have no doubts that this little boy was placed in our life by God and that his birth parents were placed in our life by God. And yeah, I just, I wouldn't change anything. But yeah, those years of waiting and the year between when we had our failed adoption and when we were able to take placement at Dominic, it was, a, it was the roughest year of our lives. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Yep. We're talking with the Booyer family, learning about their adoption experience, and we have more to share in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others. To live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world. To live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Sharing with you today the adoption story of the Booyer family. We're talking with Karen and Tracy Booyer, who adopted not long ago. So this is a fairly new adoption for them and a beautiful story. 
you shared with us the challenges, the emotions that you faced through a failed adoption and then leading up to successful adoption. And you mentioned your child's birth parents as well and them being placed in your life. Tell us what's unique about your adoption and the opportunity to get to know the birth parents. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it all started when we were first chosen by them through Lutheran Family Services. You know, it was between us and another, you know, potential family. And there it was during COVID, you know, it was, so one was done online. One, we decided that it would be best if we kind of met in person. We met him in person and we just had like an instant bond to him. It was kind of very shocking. The amount of things we had in common, the, just, I mean, it was just, Honestly, it was just an amazing day that day, you know, to get to, to meet them, have them interview us and have us interview them. And, and it was just absolutely amazing. I mean, it's been an amazing process with them. I mean, every, we chat with them every single day still. We have them down for special occasions. His birthday, Christmas, Thanksgiving. I mean, we have them over, we go over there. I think, you know, one of the, things I would say is, you know, you've got to be, you've got to be all in. And we were very much all in. And so when the opportunity came to have that, I think they call it a match meet where the birth parents will select a couple families to interview, to help them decide, you know, who could potentially be a parent for our child. And Like Tracy had mentioned, it was last year, it was during COVID. And so originally it was, you know, let's set up a Zoom meeting. The birth parents live two hours away from us. And so right away I was like, oh, we are not doing a Zoom meeting for this. Like this, this (laughs) could be the most important meeting of our lives. Like, and, you know, just everybody kind of being on Zoom overload from work anyways. And I, so I right away wrote back and said, you know, can we do this in person? We'll drive over. We'll be there whenever. And the birth parents did say that helped. You know, that was one of the things they appreciated the effort we made to to drive over, you know, to take a day and do that, which just, you know, of course, how could you not do that? And so that was important. And then, you know, establishing the relationship with them. So we we did our meeting at the end of May. They took a couple weeks to decide a family and then found out in early June they had selected us. And then Dominic wasn't to be born until early August. And so we took that next month and a half of really just trying to get to know them better. We drove over and visited them again in person um, shortly before he was born. Again, I think just trying to provide as much as we could for them, hoping that they would, you know, begin to trust us and know us and really do all we could so that they would be confident in their decision after he was born to continue the plan to place him for adoption. Again, having had a disrupted adoption, we wanted to do as much as we could do so that they were confident in in you know, continuing with the plan after he was born. So that was our actions. Mm-hmm. 
Tell us about when you were, when you first met Dominic and being able to take him home. Yeah. So we had a really neat experience from what I've heard from others. Sometimes people share an experience like this and sometimes they don't. I think really Lutheran Family Service and the caseworkers helped to make to make the process so successful in that we were able to, the birth parents decided that they initially wanted time alone just with, with Dominic and that they wanted us to come on the last day and that we could take him home from there. And so the caseworker set up so that we would have a hospital room literally next to the birth parents' hospital room. And that for that last day, we'd sort of share care of Dominic so that we could meet him and have some caretaking and get that, you know, instruction from the nurses and that. Because this is our first child and we were, you know, not sure what to do with them. And then from there, you know, be able to share his care. And so initially that's how it was set up. We got to the hospital. We walked in their room with a lot of anxiety and just not sure what to expect. And then we saw little Dominic in his bassinet and our hearts melted. And so, yeah, the next 24 hours, well, really, what? yeah, it was basically 24 hours. You know, the plan was to share care of him. And what we actually did was we all spent the entire time together. And so we were in their room for part of the time. They were in our room for part of the time. And really just provided us with, the, you know, a lot of quality time. Again, getting to know them. And also, I think for us, it was life-changing in that we got to see the process that they had to walk through and go through in order to, you know, all of the legal pieces to terminate their rights and sign custody to Lutheran Family Service. It's a lot. You know, it's a lot. It helped to show us, too, of that birth parent. The birth parents need to be very confident in their decision. Otherwise, that's, you know, I can see how people may question or change their mind. And so having that, having Lutheran Family Service there to walk alongside us, as well as walk alongside Dominic's birth parents, you know, it was a lifesaver. So they proceeded with the paperwork and doing all of that. And at the end of that third and final day, we loaded Dominic into the car and and drove away with them and cried our eyes out. We were so, so happy, but we also very much understood and felt the intense grief and loss that his birth parents were going through. It was rough. It was rough. But I think, like I said, it was it was life-changing and I think so important for us to be able to experience, you know, to really understand as much as we could what they went through in truly choosing what was best for their son and recognizing it wasn't them raising him, it was us. Having that opportunity to bond with Dominic and to spend time, quality time with his birth parents as well, how did that then impact your relationship both with Dominic and his birth parents going from there, having all that quality time together at the hospital and those very emotional first three days of his life? It's been an amazing journey with his birth parents. I mean, we, like I kind of stated earlier, man, we chat almost every day via, you know, messenger, text message, and we 
do video. We've done video calls since day one with him. So Dominic can kind of, uh, you know, see his biological parents on the other side of the tablet and the taking the time out to drive over there, meet some of their family and friends and them to come over here and meet some of our family and friends. We've just gained so much more love for the little guy that way. And you can never have too much love in your life. So how has it been since then? How recent of a adoption was this? Dominic just turned eighteen months. So yeah, it's been probably the best 13 months of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> the actual adoption. How has he been doing? Yeah. Oh, sorry. The actual adoption was in February. So in Iowa, it takes six months legally where you can officially adopt. So he officially became ours on February 8th of this year. So, yeah. How has life been since then? It's been great. I mean, really, not a lot has changed. We, I'm obviously, with Dominic, things change every day. But <laughs> no, it's been, you know, there's still is from time to time where we'll sit and say, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe right. this little guy is ours. I can't believe, I mean, he's just simply the most perfect little child he's healthy he's just he's got a person he's just a miraculous little boy a beautiful little boy and you know not lost on us at all of just what a miracle all of this is and how it all came together yeah, how blessed we were yes <laughs> what would you like other families who are considering adoption to know as we wrap up our time together today uh i would just say not to be scared we're put off by the concept of open adoption and, you know, don't let that worry you. The parents aren't going to come back and want the child back or some of the like stories that you hear about that. I mean, it truly, when it works the way it's supposed to, it's beautiful. And like Tracy said, we, we consider them family. I mean, we truly, we gained another family. You know, Dominic has two families now and we very much consider them our family and so we've been blessed with that as well well it sounds like dominic is quite healthy and <laughs> upstaging you <laughs> only in an adoption story can the child upstage you right <laughs> totally he's, it's about time for his lunch so that's why he's getting a little <laughs> yes well, your family, thank you so much for spending some time with us sharing the story of your beautiful adoption and congratulations, God's blessings. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.